0: And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to
1: Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and I'm delighted today to say that I've got an old friend on the program with me, and boy, is he ever from way out in the boonies. On the program with me is John Rodriguez. He owns J&J Charters out of Kaupin, Alaska, and that's located on Prince of Wales Island, and he is located in the northeast corner of the island. John, how's everything in Alaska?
2: Ah, nice and white. We're getting lots of snow today.
1: Are you really? i I tell you, down here in the Missouri Ozarks, it's about 60 degrees, the sun's shining. A little bit windy, but, uh, you know, I was out in my short sleeves just a little while ago. I don't guess I could do that in Alaska right now, huh? (laughs) <laughs>
2: not without some goosebumps.
1: <laughs> well I've, I've been getting a little of those uh, because we've been having some cool spells off and on i was out just recently doing some goose hunting i've been a couple of times and and uh, man i've had a great time i just hunt local ponds local flocks of geese and and they're not the smartest things in the world but they do get educated in a hurry
2: (laughs) yeah we got some good bird hunting going on right now me and the boys have been whacking them pretty good
1: oh i'm envious man you know one of these days before i kick the bucket i'm gonna have to get back up there and do some sea duck hunting with you well john i want to kind of start from the beginning here you and i've known each other for several years and i've been spending i've spent most of my morning sitting in front of my computer uh looking up uh Video footage and photos from that trip I made up to your place uh, several years ago. I guess that's been five or six years ago now. But uh, boy, has it ever been fun to go through all of that material again because, uh, you know, that was one of the greatest adventures of my life. Uh, there were six or eight guys uh, went up there together. And, man, did we ever have a good time. We spent quite a bit of time in, in your boat, and, boy, that's where the, our, our biggest and most fish came from. We did fly fish some of the rivers, but strange phenomena took place while we was up there. Uh, I know that the island is kind of a rainforest, but the year we were up there, they were having a drought. So the rivers were pretty low, and the fish wasn't coming up the up the river good yet. So you, you really saved our trip when we went out in the boat and out in the bays with you. But, uh, John, I don't know how old you are, but I know you've been in Alaska for some time, but you're not a native of Alaska, are you?
2: No, sir. Um, I'm not quite 50, but I'm creeping up on it. But uh, (laughs) I moved up to Alaska in 89 um, from Washington State out on the Olympic Peninsula out of a town called CQ. It's a pretty uh, well-fished and pretty popular place for salmon and saltwater fishing. And uh, did a lot of commercial fishing with my grandfather at a young age out of Neah Bay, Washington. And always wanted to come to Alaska and got an offer when I was 15 to come up into the Cook Inlet and Gillnet. And I've always looked young for my age and this old timer that I was going <laughs> to come up and help during the peak of the season. He was like, I don't know if he can do it. And my grandfather's like, yep, he can do it. And I told that gentleman... I just wanted to go to Alaska so bad and see it because you hear about, you know, I heard from my grandfather that grew up on the peninsula of Washington and telling me how good the fishing and the hunting used to be. And I kept hearing all these stories about Alaska and just wanted to see it with my own eyes. And uh, I told that gentleman, I said, if, if I don't do the job you want me to do, uh, you don't have to pay me. Just please, sir, buy me a ticket. <laughs> I just want to come see it. And i seen fishing that uh, just blew me away. I couldn't quit calling my family and telling them about the bears I was seeing and caribou and moose. and I mean, we'd set that we'd set that gill net, and before we could get to the other side of it to start pulling, it was starting to sink with salmon. Wow. And uh, it, was, it was amazing. I mean, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. It was short, short openers. Uh, they had a record run that year. Um, I was a young 15 year old kid and the guy paid me in cash and, uh, you know, when you, when you come home and you've only worked a month and a half from Alaska and you've got over $30,000 cash in your pocket at a 15 year old kid that kind of spoils you.
1: I would say so, man. What a world class uh, adventure, particularly for a teenager of fifteen years old. I, I'd say you fell into it, man. But uh, you sounds like you had paid your dues working with your grandpa. But you know yourself, John. Uh, it, down here, you know, in the middle of the United States, I hear people talk about Alaska, and I know a few people that go up and stay the summers and that sort of thing. But It seems like all great outdoorsmen, people really hardcore into the outdoors, always have a dream about going to Alaska or moving to Alaska or spending some time in Alaska. And I would say that you're a a very small fraction of 1% of people who make that big leap and move to Alaska to live and work.
2: Yeah, it's uh, been some bumpy roads. I mean, a lot of people that come to Alaska expect, you know, big money all year round. And a lot of people come up here and, uh, you know, they move up here and they see the big money in the summer and all the daylight and everything else. And then all of a sudden winter comes and the work shut down. And if you can't manage your money, I see a lot of people getting in trouble and have to tuck tail and go back. But, uh, you know, I was very fortunate. um with a lot of, a lot of things. We had our family sawmill and I got to build my own cabin and, you know, I pounded every nails in it. We logged the timber off the property and it was, uh, you know, I raised my two boys in that cabin. You've seen it. It's it's just, uh, it's not, not, I mean, when you're a young kid and you're trying to learn how to frame a house, uh, (laughs) that's, uh, quite the, Quite the adventure, you know. You screw up a lot more than you get stuff right, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it for anything.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely not! What a a great adventure from many perspectives. Uh, it looks like, and yeah, I've been to your place, sir, and it's a charming place. But an interesting thing about Prince of Wales Island: the biggest part of the island is in a a, a national forest. Tongass, is that correct? Tongass,
2: Tongass, Tongass. National. Yeah,
1: yeah, and is it true? I've heard some uh, talk about the fact if you live there on the island, you have the right to cut so many board feet of timber off of the uh, Tongas every year. Is that true?
2: Yes, you have a personal use that you can get every year. It's uh, ten thousand board feet per person in your family, and that's how I built shops. That's how I built my shops and and kind of helped finish off my cabins. We went out and uh harvested me my brother and my wife at the time so we got 30,000 board feet and uh you know we were up our red cedar and and did our siding and stuff but we had all our framing wood already on the property you know our spruce and our hemlock that we could mill on our mill
1: yeah And, and so you guys milled all this lumber yourself then yes sir Man, yeah, you, you guys must be jacks of all trades, you know. <laughs> you're, you're fishermen and loggers and builders. And I, I guess that, that kind of, if you're going to make it in, in the business, you almost have to do that sort of thing. And of course, uh, unless you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth, and I take it that, that was not the case for you. But you may have had something better. You know, you had grandparents or parents or somebody in your life that uh, taught you how to work. And uh, having been on a trip up there with you, I— uh, saw firsthand how much work goes in to the guiding business. But, John, uh, all those things are great stories and everything, but I'm sure the listeners would be interested in knowing, uh, when did you actually start guiding in Alaska?
2: Uh, I started guiding out of Nia Bay, Washington, as soon as I got my captain's license. And uh, it was just trying to make some money so I could get back up to Alaska and finish up. So as soon as I got my captain's license, I did a little work out of Neah Bay, guiding out of Neah Bay. And then I came up to Alaska, and the commercial fishing wasn't panning out for me as well as it had in the past. And I just was tired of being away from home. And my wife at the time um, said, why don't you start a charter business? You know, you can do it. And uh, so I uh, sunk a bunch of money into a boat. Had some help from my grandfather. Um, he backed me financially to kind of, you know, getting a boat and getting all the gear and getting everything to Alaska is definitely not cheap. And uh, I started, and it was a tough go. I mean, I didn't have the money to go hit the shows and do all the advertising I wanted to do, and Coffman Co. is a really small community, so word of mouth um, was definitely uh The big factor and getting people to come and return i mean that was that was the two uh strong points in in my business to keep it afloat and luckily i uh was able to come through and had you know eighty eighty five percent returns and still my returns are nice and strong um so it's definitely kept me afloat.
1: Well, you had to be doing something right to get those kinds of returns as as quickly as as you did because you're old enough and I'm old enough. I've seen lots of people, you know, that want to go into the guiding business, and I don't know if they just don't do their homework or their research enough, and, uh, you know, a large percentage of guides wind up folding up, and I think uh, one of the primary reasons for that is what you mentioned earlier, being able to manage, you know, it's nice to make big money, but... uh, uh, hey if you're not putting some of that back for the hard times you're setting yourself up for failure particularly in in the guide business so you guys I hey, it's just hard for me to imagine all this process because I've never had really had much of an interest in being a guide because I watched lots of guides uh, struggle and you know it is long hard working hours too uh, as well uh, because you take those clients out you know they're having a big time you're trying to entertain them make everything as best as you can for them but they go back you know go back to the lodge or the cabins or whatever then it's fun time for them but that's sometimes when the hard work really begins for a guide because you still got you know boats to clean up fish to clean and package and do all that sorts of thing and get things ready for the next day so at the peak of the season you're putting in some extremely long days yes
2: sir uh I don't know how many times I've come in, you know, I've had motor troubles. I mean, we live in a remote area and it's just not like we have a boat mechanic right around the corner everywhere. So I've had to swap out motors, change out lower units, um, you know, maybe some electronics go down and I've also got rental boats, you know, so having four boats in the water and doing that pretty much only a family run business, I usually have one of my boys help me out and myself, and uh, it is a lot of work. I mean, processing people's fish, keeping all four boats running, um, making sure your clients are happy and satisfied. Uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and I think that makes me stand out a little more. When you commercial fish, um, you don't get paid unless you catch fish. You know, The more fish you catch, the money you make. So when you go out on a charter boat, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, You know, hey, you should have been here last week. Or, man, I'm just, uh, you know, your eight hours is up. We're heading in. If I don't feel like my clients have, you know, uh, I put in a full effort. Sometimes I'll be 12, 13 hours. That's not something I want to do every day, and I try not to do it every day. So I try to get out, get the fish, get back home. But I put a lot of pressure on myself, and it's kind of, if anything, it took a little fun out of what I do. I love what I do but when you start putting that pressure on yourself day after day for, you know, three months straight during the peak of the season, it wears on you mentally. Oh, but I still enjoy it. And I still enjoy it. And I enjoy, uh, my favorite is probably family groups. Um, to when they come up and they want to experience a little, everything that our area has to offer. That way we're not just, you know, beating up one species or, Um, you know, they're just full of life and want to check out everything our community in our area has to offer and that, that's probably my favorite group
1: i would imagine yeah. so but uh hey uh maybe we're getting this to the second uh, segment of the program but i know that you get people come there from all over the world because you have so much to offer and you know in a short program we do in an hour or so it's going to be virtually impossible to cover all of those things but in our next segment we're going to hit some of those highlights hey we're going to dangle the carrot uh, here john we're going to make some people want to come up there just talking to you makes me want to come up there again you know because i I did i had such a wonderful time up there and i gotta say i i I went up really to fly fish the rivers but uh i want to spend a day out on uh, there too out on a bay with you too because it was going to be an entirely different experience little did i know that that was going to turn out uh, to be the grandest part of the experience because of a the low water situation in the rivers up there But I'm so glad we met up And, uh, man, I was so impressed with your operation Your work ethic And, and, and the additional things that you've caught us and showed us along the way i mean we took a little time out in the bay i mean i was impressed at how quickly we caught both salmon and halibut and we caught some other fish species man we saw whales we saw bears lots of bird life i mean it was just an incredible experience but you need to john we need to take just a short break here to hear from some uh of our today's uh sponsors but folks don't go away we haven't talked about the real exciting stuff yet that's a actual fishing with John Ron Rodriguez of Jan uh, J Charters out of Kaufman Cove, Alaska.
0: Hey, everyone. Brandon Licklider here with Mary's County Bank in Cuba, Missouri. I uh, wanted to real briefly talk to you today
2: about uh, the pre-qualification process, um, something that's been really prevalent here of late with uh, all the properties that are out there on the market. Um, when you get into looking for some of these recreational properties, that can kind of the product type that can go along with the property varies a little bit from property to property. So I would like to encourage everybody, if you have the opportunity, give me a call, 573 885 8900. Uh, We'll walk through that pre-qualification process, let you know what loan products are available for the type of property you're interested in purchasing, and, and work real hard to make sure you're prepared to purchase that property of your dreams. In closing, just want to let everyone know that the Mary's County Bank is an equal housing lender and member
1: FDIC. Welcome back to the second segment of Living in the Dream Outdoors podcast. We're so glad that you're traveling along with us today. And, boy, I wish I was up there, but uh, I'm in the Missouri Ozarks, and I'm talking with John Rodriguez up in Kaufman Cove, Alaska, and he's got J&J charters. And just so people sometimes get on me because I don't uh, give information enough or often enough in the course of the program, but John's phone number up there at his office is 907 three two nine two zero zero nine or you can get him on his cell phone if he's not fishing or guiding at 907-617-5211 and you can also check them out at jnjcharters.com well john i hope people do get a hold of you because i highly recommend your services up there in the area just incredible and uh, i came up uh, in a group, there was a guy out of uh, our area here that had been up in uh, that part of Alaska several times, and he was just awfully good at running trips. And, and you're not going to believe this, but I got invited by accident. Uh, he was putting together a crew of 8, 10, 12 guys, and somehow or another, he he sent me an email. Well, I accepted. And <laughs> I accepted the invitation. He's going, uh... I didn't realize you got that email. I said, I did, and I want to go. <laughs> he said, well, I kind of have a standard crew, but uh, we'll, we'll see if there's uh, an opening pops up. And luckily for me, there was an opening. It came open, and that's how, that's how I got to go to Alaska. So pretty good story in itself, but, boy, am I ever glad I got to hook up up there. Now, John, we, we flew into to catch a can. Is that what most of your clients do?
2: Um, it depends on if, uh, if you fly into Ketchikan, um, uh, depends on your budget and your time frame. uh, it depends on where you're coming in. If you fly into Ketchikan and you want to take the ferry, you have to get there, you know, before the departure, there's only one ferry to the island a, a day. And, uh, a lot of people, <clears throat> um, don't like all that time wasted or they can't make that connecting because the ferry ride, uh, it's beautiful. Some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, the ferry ride consists of three and a half hours over to the island. And then you've got about an hour and a half, um, depending on if you stop for groceries or whatever, an hour and a half to two and a half hours to get to the other side of the island, which is <laughs> the island 192 miles long. So. Nice roads, great scenery, you're going to see a lot of wildlife, but you've got to drive to the other end of the island from where you come into Hollis and to get to Coffman Cove. Another route is people fly into Wrangell, um, they catch the uh, jet boats with Breakaway Adventures. Um, the guy runs a great deal, he picks you up at the airport, he'll take you to the liquor store, the um, tackle shop, uh, the grocery store, any, any stores in Wrangell you want to go to. And they'll drive you down to the boat, bomb you across. It's 52 miles, I think from Wrangell to Costco dock. And they're really nice long. They're like school buses. You know, they're big <laughs> jet boats with air ride seats. Yeah. He runs it, and it's affordable. I mean, it's a, it's, uh, no baggage weight, you know, no extra baggage charges, think right now it was up to like 275 round trip, which oh. is a smoking deal. Sounds like uh, another way people come across is by float plane. Some people really like to check out the country from the air and they want to do at least, you know, one, one float trip, uh, you know, in or out. But I recommend people coming in on a float plane if they want to just do one float plane ride, because, hopefully we're going to fill up a bunch of fish boxes for you and you have to pay that extra weight going back to town to go home. And so if you're on the plane and I've had gentlemen do really well on fishing and, uh, they had to actually charter another plane just to get their (laughs) fish out. And that can be quite spendy. Yeah. Uh, one other resource that, that you can get over the Island on is, uh, Island air express. They come across, um, you don't even have to leave the airport at Ketchikan because the airport at Ketchikan is on an island. So if you have to do any other adjoining flights, most of them, sometimes you have to get off the island by ferry and then you got to get a cab or whatever. With Island Air Express, you go right to their terminal, you check in, they fly you right to Kowak, which is almost in the center of the island in Kauffman, or over on Prince of Wales Island. And then you pick up your rental car and you drive to Kaufman, So there's different ways in. you just got to kind of plan your trip. I tell everybody to kind of plan their trip backwards. That way they <laughs> don't miss any of the connections in Alaska.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, our, our group, well, of course, we landed on the island and then went over to the, the mainland. We stayed overnight in a motel, and we were going to take a float plane ride out the next morning. Well, we kind of got fogged in, so we were a little bit late taken off and took off in in the rain but uh, we broke through the clouds and I, i'm telling you that ride on the float plane is quite an experience uh, i videoed the whole thing in fact I'm, I'm putting together a thumb drive for you now of all those experiences uh, so that you can utilize them and uh, man it's just fun to go through that material again and st- recall all of those adventures that we had along the way. Of course, we went into Thorn Bay, I think, and stayed in a little lodge there. And we had a great experience. The lodge keeper, don't remember his name, but was a great guy. And we actually got to go out on his boats and drop some crab pots oh, we ate more Dungeness crab than you can uh, imagine. But we enjoyed our, and of course, we fished some of the local rivers there, and we we had a grand time before we uh, even hooked up with you, and then uh, things just got grander, you know. But, uh, John, I'd like to give uh, people an idea of the services that you provide and kind of what they can expect once they get out on that boat. Uh, and, and, you know, some people, <clears throat> I've never been a, ocean going person haven't been on big waters and of course those are pretty good size uh, waters up there but it's still not the open ocean but uh you've got a big boat to take care of uh, all your needs and uh, of course you provide all the equipment and it's just a grand grand time particularly for a group of buddies or families or whatever they're coming up together but from the time you get on that boat what can you expect
2: well I, I own, uh, several different, uh, options for people. There's, uh, uh, a halibut restrictions. We can get into that later, which a lot of people choose their choice, uh, of fishing style for our area. Um, I have a 28 and foot, uh, North river aluminum charter boat, which fishes six people, uh, just awesomely. Um, I extended four, a little over four feet of it. Um, it's got plenty of power. It's got, uh, you know, top-of-the-line gear. It's got good electronics. It's comfortable for a group to, of six or smaller. Uh, there's, I've got, so if you go on a charter boat, um, you'll just have to bring your lunch, rain gear, you know, your personal items. I take care of the bait the tackle. At the end of the trip, they have got three different uh, kind of little groups or kids that uh, do the fish processing. Most of them are young adults, but uh, they do all the fish processing, and they'll bring them right to your place. You won't even have to touch a fish unless you want to take pick it up and take a picture of it. Other than that, everything's pretty <laughs> much taken care of. They do have a fee. Um, I think they charge two dollars, uh, two dollars a pound. That's the finished product brought to you, put in your freezer. Um, then I have, uh, three rental boats and I have two 20 foot Alaskan luns. They're open with center consoles. They're on my website. If you want to take a look at them, uh, they have color GPS and fish finders on them. They've got downriggers, they've got harpoons and, and nets and all the equipment, you know, gaff hooks, everything you're going to need for that trip. Uh, I furnish some gear. It's just a basic uh, gear package. If you want to bring your own gear, that's great. I'll help you out with uh, doing that. I'm also putting out some videos to try to give people a basic rundown on gear to bring. Uh, if you do rent gear from me, there's an additional charge depending on how many rods or how many people are going to be using the gear. Um, then I have a 22-foot hughescraft ocean pro with a full cab it's really roomy it's a comfortable boat it it uh it'll fish four comfortably six is a little crowded but uh those are my rental boats they're all equipped with honda motors i run strictly honda and they're super efficient they're quiet and uh you know, they just don't burn much
1: in fuel. So, <laughs> Hey, that's pretty important these days with the price of fuel. But I'd like to comment, John, on on the equipment situation. It was pretty interesting. You know, uh, my first trip up there, I didn't know exactly what to take, but I did some research. And, you know, the salmon, I, I think the salmon we we caught out in the bays, we got very lucky because they kind of stacked up, I guess, in the bays, getting ready to run up the rivers. They were just waiting on a rain. But I took like a seven-foot. Uh, kind of medium heavy rod with a big spinning reel on it equipped with a fairly heavy line but uh, with the baits we were using if i remember right we were throwing some really big Mep spinners but i quickly discovered that i could cast further than anybody else on that boat because of the equipment i had and it gave me a great advantage because i could i would try to cast clear the other side of a pot of fish and brought that big spinner through i was getting hit every cast and i literally what was the limit i think was a six salmon at the time and uh, yeah six silvers yeah and it took me 18 minutes to catch those six fish and get them in the boat and then of course i traded my rod for a Video camera and start videoing the other guys, but I almost had a war on that boat because everybody wanted to use my rod. Then, if I'd been as smart, I would I would have rented it out to them. <laughs> but they, yeah, t- you
2: should have just told them it was all technique. You should have just told them it was all technique. You can't, you can't. Uh, you're being too humble there, you know.
1: Yeah, well, uh, at least my research paid off because I, I did take the right equipment and had a great time. But I think that rod went through all the other hands on the boat because some of the guys just couldn't cast uh, far enough to get to the pods and there I was able to cast clear to the other side of them and that gave me a huge advantage but what fun you know I, I mean it, how how great can it be to be the first guy on a boat to catch a limit you know you, you kind of get to rub their face in it for the next few days you know <laughs> oh yeah oh, yeah all, all part of the fun well, let's talk about the the halibut fishing that's a different story altogether, and I was just amazed at how that whole process worked I remember uh in fact. Uh, looking at the photos today of the trip, one of the first things we did, we went out and started catching little fish. What were they for bait? Uh, we
2: caught. Well, we caught the herring. Um, you know, we try to jig the herring up. Yeah. I, I really find that that, that fresh bait is uh, stays on the hook way better. It's got a nice smell to it. Um, if you smell them, uh, they smell like a skin, like peeling a cucumber, huh. and you got that bitter, skin skitter- pungent smell to them and those halibut really key in on that yeah well it was great, uh, great
1: fun just taking those uh, lines you had the rods i don't know how many jigs you had over. Oh, we were pulling those little fish eight ten twelve at a time in on one line you know so we we stacked up a bunch of bait in a hurry but describe to oh, our, yeah yeah describe to our listeners though how you go about halibut fishing well
2: like uh the day starts out by um heading out and we we uh start off most of the time by jigging bait um not always but sometimes and uh, we'll spend 30 minutes or so jigging some bait and i will pick uh different spots to uh set up an anchor sometimes and or we'll sometimes we drift it depending on the group but uh We'll set up and we'll get everybody situated with their own rod and, uh, get them all geared up and drop down. Everybody can only catch and retain one halibut, um, on the boat and, uh, on the charter boat, it's a a restriction. So, um, it's not like the rental boats. So you're on a, you're stuck to a size limit and that changes yearly. Uh-huh. and but you don't, you don't have to keep, you don't have to keep any fish. I mean, I I want you to be happy with what you catch. So if you don't like the fish you got, or you want to try for something different then we let that fish go unharmed. And, and, you know, you got another opportunity to bring in something different. Yeah. Um, no one sits down on the boat. Um, I mean, I mean, I, like when I say sitting down, I mean, I don't put, you, okay, you caught your halibut, then now you got to put your pole away and sit down. I, I don't do that to anybody. I let them, you know, if they can catch more halibut and release them. I just go to a circle hook so I'm not killing a fish. Right. Or, uh, you know, they can try for cod. We can try a little different rig, and they can go for some cod instead of a halibut. But I want everybody to have a full fishing experience when they go out.
1: Well, I tell you, and, uh, you, you wore us out, that halibut fishing. You're fishing pretty deep with a big lead anchor. And it, I tell you, better pump some iron before you go up there. You're cranking a big uh, halibut up from, I don't know, how fish were we deep fishing, 200 feet yeah, deep? Yeah,
2: yeah, we were fishing 250 to 300 <laughs> mostly. Um, yeah, so it's it's a lot of cranking, uh, you know. You got to come up and try doing a squid fishing charter with me. It's a lot wider gear, but we go out at night, and uh, you might be dropping down 900 to 1,100 feet. Wow. And it and there's no pumping. You just got to reel, so your forearms are burning.
1: Oh, I but would it's imagine. Another,
2: <laughs> it's another thing I'm starting to offer, so we go out at night and we – Squidfish, and then when the sun comes up at about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, we start king salmon fishing for a little bit and then come
1: in. Oh, it sounds like a great way to spend a night in Alaska. But we caught some other species of fish and critters, too. Somebody caught a skate on the board uh, that i remember and I, a couple little sharks caught i didn't realize there were sharks uh, in alaska but the funniest fish of all was an ugly little fish brilliantly colored that uh, somebody re- t- referred to as a mother-in-law fish and i have to tell you john i got myself in trouble at a presentation i was doing and i popped that fish up on the screen and everybody oohing and aahing you know what a, a scary funny looking creature and i called it a mother-in-law fish and a lady cornered me after that uh, presentation was over she said you know that wasn't a very nice thing to say about that fish <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i don't know if i want to go into that story i mean people might uh, kick out of it or not but my ex-mother-in-law had a big mouth and she was super annoying so when we catch them uh, I kinda I was going through my divorce at the time and uh that's the first thing that come come to my mind is oh man, it's another mother in law fish and it, it sucks because I've had people come up that have never fished with me before but they fished with other people and they fished out of California and this gentleman had never fished with me before. First time I'd ever met him and the first fish he catches is a sculpin. You know, it's just this big cool head, big head, not much meat right. and uh fills it up. And he's like, oh, I got a mother-in-law. And I'm like, where have you heard that? He's like, oh, my buddy's down in California. Call him that. And I just started dying laughing. I
1: thought that was pricey. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, but what great stories. Hey, John, we need to take another short break here. But folks, regardless of what you're doing, driving down the highway from work, carrying in the groceries, uh, be sure and just hang on a few seconds here. and We'll be right back. It's finally that great, wonderful, glorious season. It's springtime. Man, great things are happening. The spring peepers are going nuts. The whippoorwills are calling. The turkeys are gobbling. Fish are being caught. And lots of people, except for me, are finding lots of morel mushrooms. Boy, it's just a wonderful time of year that we all look forward to. You know, the winter sometimes seems so long, but now that we're in the springtime, it's almost like winter never existed well i hope you're getting out in the outdoors and enjoying uh the springtime and turkey season and all the great things that are going on right now uh plenty to do man get out nothing else take a hike wildflowers are blooming like crazy uh, you know april showers bring may flowers, and we're seeing lots of them lots of wildflower species and that's one of my favorite things to do in the springtime is to get out and take a good look at the wildflowers and photograph i thousands of wildflower photographs but uh i like to get a new set every spring wildflowers are so refreshing well get out if you're not a wildflower fan uh take some time and uh, get acquainted with at least some of the basic wildflowers that you'll find out in the missouri ozarks well i'd uh like to take just a moment and recognize our sponsors you know we can't uh can't have the show without these folks and we've got a lot of them and uh I encourage you to be sure and patronize these people and these businesses because they do keep us in business. Top of the list is Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. They're the major sponsor of the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast, and I'm very grateful for the Heinemans and uh, what they do for us and for the outdoors. If you need to buy or sell property, these are your people. The Fly Rod Journal, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stainwater Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, Rich's Famous Burgers. Boy, they just opened up a new store in St. James, Missouri. And be sure and go by and visit Rich's and get some of that fabulous food that they offer. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, The Fallen Outdoors, Letco Sinker and Lure Company. Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, and Kaufman Cove, Alaska. And also, one of my favorites, Bean Creek Game Calls. They make some of the best deer and turkey calls on the market, so be sure and uh, try these calls. I'm going to be using Bean Creek calls uh, during turkey season here. All right, those are great sponsors, and if you're listening, you'd like to become a sponsor too. Just get a hold of us. Hey, great announcement here! You know we quite often do a giveaway, and sometimes uh, uh, I don't do giveaways, but I got the biggest one of the season coming up. Uh, John Rodriguez up at uh, J J Charters in Kaufman Cove, Alaska, and that's on Prince of Wales Island, is has given me a five hundred dollar gift certificate. Towards a fishing trip that you can utilize this year. All right. How do you get qualified for the drawing? Just go to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast Facebook page, like the page, like the page. And then in the comment section, just type in your name and that automatically enters you for this drawing. But 500 bucks is a pretty good, uh, pretty good giveaway. Be a great thing to have. All right. We will be giving, drawing, and giving away that $500 gift certificate on the May 11th show. So you got plenty of time to get registered, so be sure and, and do so. But, hey, fisherman, here's a little quote for you. What do the little fishes do that make most truthful men untrue? And all of you know what I'm talking about. We all love a good fish tail. How many of you out there have never stressed the truth about the fish you catch? Well, I wouldn't say I'm untruthful, but I do like to round up to the nearest figure. You know, if it's 19 and a half inches, why not go to 20? Well, okay, sometimes I go to 24 and you do too. But, uh, hey, keep, keep it up. Go fishing. Tell those fishing tales. And... Take a kid with you. They are the future of our outdoors. And there's nothing, you'll never see a bigger smile than when a child catches their first fish. And I know some big kids that still smile when they catch a fish, including me. I'm Bill Cooper, and this is Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I've enjoyed putting it together. Been talking with John Rodriguez up in Kauffman, Coba, Alaska. He's got J&J Charters up there and been in business for quite some time. And I've actually been up there and fished with John for several days. And I got to tell you, this guy can put you on the fish. But, John, I do understand, you know, you offer several uh, options when you come up there to fish. But kind of a combo trip is a highly recommended thing to do and that's that's kind of what we did and i'm so glad we did because we got so many more experiences in you know you can come up here and fish for the same species the same way day after day but i think you're kind of shortchanging yourself as you do that because you've got so much to offer up there in that area
2: yeah we've got some great trout fishing salmon fishing in the rivers but uh, you know just for this do it the self-guide uh that wants to do all the guiding himself, that's great. I totally respect that. But if they, I find a lot of people go out with that mentality and they come up and they're like, man, we're not catching the fish. And I've already got my charter boat booked for the week. They didn't reserve any of that time. And I'm I'm really trying to um, promote people um, going with me on the first day on a charter. That way you see the presentation, you see the bait, You see the tackle, you see the area we're fishing, and the bottoms we're fishing, and the structure, and and just the depths, the speeds, everything with salmon, halibut, all of it. It's just an educational trip. And then when they go out on their own the rest of that week, they are so much more productive. There's several other small little businesses in our community, and they have a certain changeover day, and they're starting to figure that out, too, because... They don't want the pressure of their clients coming up here and saying, man, there's no fish. We can't catch them or we don't know how to catch them. You know, we thought this was Alaska. They just jump in the boat. Well, that's not the case. We've got great fishing, but you still need to know the area, you know, the location and and the structure you're going to be fishing. And so a lot of these lodges are booking a one-day trip with me that have, that offer, um, you know, self-guided stuff. They don't do any guiding. And then their clients are so much more productive the whole week. Yeah. So well, um, I, I've been highly recommend that every time someone's like, hey, you've never been to our area, um, one safety issue, you don't know the water, you don't know the structure, there's rocks everywhere. Um, you know, I'll show you some safe places to go, um, close, far, whatever you want um, with your boating experience and whatever you feel comfortable with. And I want—I don't want any complaints from any of my clients except, man, we got too much fish. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the only complaint I ever want to hear from anybody. You know that, man, we had to carry back, we had to buy another freezer, or you know, or yeah. something like that. I don't <laughs> want to ever feel like because I travel a lot, and I go—I'm getting ready to go to Panama right now, and uh, you know, I travel around a bunch, and I want everybody to treat me like I treat people when they come here. You know, I want to kind of. I want to hold, you know, make sure they get the experience they're looking for, um, and accomplish some of their goals they were looking at trying to do while they were here. And just like me, you know, I'm and I'm putting out a, I got a, a YouTube channel now that I'm putting out, and uh, I, most of my YouTube channel is about education, education on what to bring to our area for fish fishing freshwater, and then I've got another video on. What to put and you know, what to bring and what to expect on a saltwater trip. Um, even doing a little bit of hunting equipment and uh, you know clothing and apparel and just something that I would really recommend for our area to okay. hunt or fish. And then I've also thrown in some recipes because I'm I'm a firm <laughs> believer of eating out of your freezer. You know, you I bet mean,
1: you betcha. That's bet
2: you. Well, one of my loves.
1: Yeah, well, John, Alder, that's
2: one of my logos. Yeah, is uh, whack them and stack them and know where your meat comes from.
1: <laughs> you betcha. Well, John, I can vouch for you, uh, man. Uh, You're talking about service earlier. Uh, it, it was just an incredible trip that we had up there, and you had every base covered. Things that I wouldn't even imagine. But putting out these videos, people are just hungry for information, and uh, I know how important it is, you know, to to bring the right things pack the right things and be ready for the experience and i've seen it happen so many times here right here in the missouri ozarks people come out you know for the summer uh to camp and to float and fish and all that sort of thing and they so ill-equipped and a lot of times you know these are paid vacations people are off work for a week or two and they got their families and they come out and they're ill-prepared and even food i'm glad you mentioned food because a lot of people come out want to eat hot dogs and marshmallows for a week you know you do that you're going to turn green somebody's going to get sick in the process and what does that do it destroys a family vacation, and also I'd, I'd like to quickly hit on the, the fact of uh, about hiring a guide. You know, I've traveled quite a bit in my lifetime in the outdoor communications business. And I go on a lot of media trips, and I can't imagine going to even a lake, you know, here in the United States to bass fish, for example, for the first time without having a guide. You know, because you look at a body of water that's several thousand acres, and you know, fishermen, we know that ten percent of, or ninety percent of the fish found in ten percent of the water, most often, you know. But guides can save you light years of time and frustration, and I see it every year. Uh, People go and stay for a week, and they fish and don't hire a guide, and at the end of the week, uh, they're not only wore out, they're aggravated, and that doesn't leave good memories for them. But hire that guide, spend that money, get your education Have a whole lot more fun, and I'll tell you what, down the road, you're going to be showing the pictures of people about your vacation and the the fish that you caught. But congratulations on the YouTube channel, man. That's a a grand idea. And, uh, John, how how can people find those videos?
2: Uh, A client of mine named it. I didn't name it, but uh, the gentleman's putting them together, which he's doing an awesome job, and uh, it's named the Alaskan Savage. Okay. is the name of the channel. And, uh, man, if anybody gets on there and they want to throw me a comment or something else they'd like to see of our area, I'll try to do one for them. I mean, I'm trying to help people out so they can see a lot of the area, but I'd appreciate it if they'd subscribe and, and share it and, and
1: definitely hit the like button Yeah I want them to watch Because here probably In the next uh, few days I'm going to be sending you out uh, All of the photos And the videos I took on the trip That I was up there And boy I took a lot of stuff They can take a look At that float plane ride And see the grandeur Of the Alaskan landscape You know As they're flying into uh, Kauffman Cove there Plus I got uh, videos Of us catching salmon In the rivers One guy you know Walked a salmon man down waterfalls and i thought he's never going to land that fish but he did and then we've got uh, of course the videos of the halibut and the salmon out on your boat people can look at that that video and see how you operate and man you are death on detail it doesn't take people long to figure that out i mean regardless of what question we ask what problem we have with rigging i I did not hear one single complaint from our group about uh, that trip with you and and i i just highly recommend what you what you do there and i encourage people to uh, hey get on your website check your youtube channel and if that doesn't convince you to come to alaska uh man Something's wrong with you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Bill. I try. I want everybody to have a good time when they come up here, and uh, fill most of their expectations.
1: You bet. You bet. Well, I'm John. I want to make a little announcement here. I'm, I'm happy to announce. Very pleased to announce that you're our latest and newest uh, sponsor, and we got a little uh, surprise here. You know, I've been giving away. Uh, gift certificates our program airs every two weeks and we give away a a gift certificate but you have agreed to man uh, provide quite a prize here and i'm going to announce this weeks ahead of time and give people an opportunity to to register uh, for this gift certificate but it's going to amount to $500 uh, gift certificate that can be used Towards a booking with you. Now I'm gonna let you explain that uh, that booking and what's uh, required of the individual that wins the certificate. So we we'll get it all right. What's it gonna involve?
2: Well, it'll involve. Uh, it'll have to be in June. Uh, Any time in June. Uh, that that'd be the only qualifications, and it'll have to be this year of 2022. Those bookings. And it can be a combination of you know lodging, fresh water, salt water, uh, self guided, guided trips, any kind of package. Uh, I'll knock a total of five hundred off of your uh, gross of your bill.
1: There, um, there you go. But you will need three people in that group, correct?
2: Yes, a minimum of three.
1: Okay, but so if uh, guys are coming and they want to uh, kind of divvy up that little $500, I was like, I guess that'll be okay, too. But, man, that, that's a good incentive to, uh, to uh, hop on board a plane fly to Alaska and have one of the grandest adventures of your lifetime. Well, John, kind of in closing here, buddy, uh, wow, what do you want to say to folks? Uh, last thing I'll do is give them phone numbers and contact info, but uh, what's your... What's your biggest draw up there? Why should they come and fish with John Rodriguez?
2: Well, we have a beautiful area and a really friendly community. Um, our community is a small logging town, and if you're wanting to get away from the hustle and bustle of, you know, big communities in Alaska, can, you know, stuff like that, you want something more rural and you want to get away from crowds, and you want to just experience what Southeast Alaska has to offer, um, our island is awesome. Uh, there's 192-mile long island, third largest island in the nation, and it's got great road systems. It's got phenomenal hunting and fishing. And if you come with me, I will try to point you in all the right directions, either guided or unguided, to meet most of your expectations. Uh, Like I said, I've got about an eighty to eighty five percent return, so I think I'm doing something right. Absolutely, and uh, I just uh, I treat people like I want to be treated when I go on a trip, and I try to go out and venture out and see some of the world. And and uh, there's not there's not anybody that's really you know going to cut you down or uh, you know say hey well you go go find your own fishing holes. You you ask anybody (laughs) at the dock in our community. They'll point you in a friendly direction. I don't even know how many people that have been at the dock struggling. Not even my clients, and I've just handed them gear and said, "Hey, you lose it, you owe me. You know, you got to replace right. it." Right. But here you go. This is how you rig it up. Go back out there, and try it again, and I'll point them in a spot. And and man, they come back with a mess of fish, and they're like, "Man, we we were we were so close to doing what you were doing, but those little tricks you taught us it made all the difference in the world." So. Uh, I just I just like to see people having fun and catching fish and, and eating what they catch. You know, just living life. Life's short and oh it's nice to see family. It's nice to see family and friends coming up and everybody's taking pictures of the dock and just uh, loving the experience and uh, that's what I live for, and so I like to see people doing that myself.
1: You bet. And, man, have you ever done a grand job of it? And uh, you you brought up a subject there that I've kind of wanted to close out with. Be sure and bring cameras, and bring more than one camera, you know, because they do get wet or different things can happen. Make sure you got plenty of batteries because you're going to want to take— dozens and dozens of photographs, particularly if you catch those nice big fish. And besides that, John, I've, I'm sending you photographs. I've got pictures of black-tailed deer. I think some bears, whales, seals, you know, eagles. Uh, for the photographer, this is uh, boy, just a mecca place to be able to get some good photographs of uh, fish and wildlife. And man, yeah,
2: the, the drones, the drones are really coming into into play here. I've had four drones on my boat this year, and really, uh, now that I've extended the back deck, I've got lots of landing room and. Uh, those drone videos and footage are phenomenal.
1: Oh, they they are. I used to have a drone. I had a great big heavy boxy one years ago, and uh, I kind of dream of getting another one, but just hadn't gotten into it to so much smaller and so much easier to operate these days. But there you go. If you got a drone, bring it, too. Well, John, man, I some- go ahead.
2: Oh, sorry, Bill. Uh, I just—I also got mounts on the boat in different spots for people to hook up their GoPros. So awesome. if they want to put GoPros on the boat and run them, I might have one there, too. They're more than welcome. <laughs>
1: That that is awesome, but you do want to record those memories. Well, John, if people want to get a hold of you, they can call your office at 907-329-2009 or try that cell phone at 907-617-5211 or you can go to jnjcharters.com or get on YouTube and check out the Alaskan Savage. Folks, from myself and John Rodriguez, hey, We both are living our outdoor dreams, and I think John is truly living his outdoor dream and has for most of his life. But we, too, want to encourage you to get outdoors and live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper, and this has been Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Hey, guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We
0: would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form.
1: Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The
2: Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County
1: Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Bean Creek Game
0: Calls, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.